Hey, I'm Jordan Bell, and this is First You Hustle, the podcast that helps students and budding creative professionals put their expertise to use. And today we're talking about how to put that expertise to use making video games. Much like animation and film, video game development is a team lift. There's so many moving pieces, various roles, techniques, platforms, and venues to show off your work. And much like its sibling industries, it too has big studios, but also a strong undercurrent of independent development. So breaking in to the gaming industry isn't as hard as, say, beating Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on NES. Oof, that's a deep cut. I want to ask your parents about that one. In fact, it's not only easy to break in, the door is already open and likely a lot closer than you think. Today's guest is going to talk about his journey into gaming and his involvement with the Central Ohio Game Dev Group, or COG, with two Gs for short. My name is Wesley Adams. I'm the uh, Chief Design Officer at Multivarious Games. Um, I have been for about 10 years now. It's not my main job, but I am a co-founder and I do help with the local company there in Columbus. My background is in animation at uh, the Columbus College of Art and Design. There are a ton of people just like you with the passion for gaming and the creative skills to make something new. It is part of the reason why so many small independent studios are popping up all around the area. Usually I cut these podcasts to interject different lessons and break up the conversation, but I'm just going to let Wesley tell his story. I want you to pay attention to a few things though. One, as always, networking. Step one is literally taking step number one to walk through the door to a COG meetup whether physically or virtually, or whatever game dev group is in your neck of the woods. Meet people, ask questions, and to riff off of ice, start, collaborate, and listen. Is this thing on? Did you get that one? That's another 90s reference, sorry. Two, just get started. Always be creating. This is true with anything creative. Just do. And then third, it's a marathon, people. Wesley's got the day job and the side gig, and he's been doing that for 10 years. But, you know, over time, the side gig slowly takes over and picks up speed. So make sure you're factoring that into your career plans. Anytime you're working in an independent studio venture, it's going to be a lot of hard work up front, and it won't be zero to 60 in a snap. So you're going to want to plan your career accordingly. Wesley has some great advice about that. In fact, it's all good advice. Let's just jump in. So in 2010 is when I graduated. So it has been quite a while in some instance, maybe, maybe not. Uh, and I, in there, I, you know, learned a lot of 2D and 3D animation and my interest in games have kind of evolved uh, from there. So, you know, during my day job, I use a lot of design work. Uh, and then I also do a lot of different types of um, community building with the game development community. Uh, one of the ones I, I'm pretty active with and help to moderate is the Central Ohio Game Dev Group, which is part of uh, the Columbus game developer community. So we do a lot of events there too. So it sounds like your your interest in gaming as a, a career came from college or, or before college did you have an interest in working in gaming? You know, I, I've always wanted to do games, 
Uh, I think even in high school, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I wasn't really sure if I could make a career out of it. What it came down to is during college, I kind of, you know, was dabbling in art because I knew that's what I wanted to do. I knew at the very least, if I wasn't able to do game development, I knew that at the very least, I would have skills that would land me in other different opportunities, whether that's marketing or advertisement or maybe even film or something like that. But when it came down to my last couple of years in college, I knew that's what I wanted to do. What was your first step into game development? Was it joining the, the game dev group? What was that first step that you took into, you know, let's say the industry, like t- took that step out of college, out of the, the classroom studio and we're like, all right, I'm going to start doing this for real. What was the first thing that you did? I think it was split into two, but yeah, the very first thing was local. So I was uh, trying to see what Ohio had to offer. And it very much so was uh, discovering that Columbus had a game group called COG. It was actually just run by uh, a guy who actually still is around. <laughs> He's not an admin anymore, but he basically set up shop at like his work. And uh, they basically just did one night a month and did slideshows about what's the state of the industry of game development in Ohio. And he did some stuff there as well as like, you know, what's going on in the industry. Uh, and it was just a great way to network with folks. And that's where I met a couple of folks. One in particular was a guy by the name of Devin Moore, who was just a software developer at like some location. Uh, and he was just saying, hey, uh, pl- plainly, like, look, if you guys are looking to build a game studio or game company, talk to me afterwards. And I'm, you know, very excited to kind of start. And so that's kind of how we started. Um, He actually was uh, teaching at Columbus State at the time. And I had just graduated. So in some instance, you know, I was between, I used to work at like a, like a fast food restaurant for a while. So I was transitioning from that and looking for a job that could actually sustain uh, my, my, myself. And, uh, you know, so I was dabbling between that and my current role at Accelerate Media. And uh, so I did have time over the weekend to kind of work on stuff with Devin. And uh, he had a lot of students that would be graduating from his class, and he was teaching game development there on and off, and a little bit of software development too. So after they graduated, he would just say, hey, if you want to like work, you know, in games, uh, meet us and you know, we'll, we'll work on projects. And so it ended up being like, we went there and he had a connection. It's not there anymore, but in Dublin, there was a place called the Entrepreneur Center uh, or the, what we call the Tech Deck. And it was just kind of like a co-working space for like up and coming tech uh, companies or whatnot. Um, I think the Tech Deck still is around, but it's at a different location now. But uh, for the most part, we met there and it kind of, exploded a little bit we had some folks from cog that just kind of wanted a space to work on their own games um and then like basically it ended up like hey if we're really going to do this let's actually form a company in an llc um so it grew from you know working on a couple of projects uh to hey we've got enough people working on stuff like let's find some games that maybe want to push forward a little bit and uh 
you know, basically it was kind of moving back and forth between folks there and getting involved with the community at COG because that was still pretty new. And then we moved uh, into where like, let's start a company and we all got together and formed the name Multivarious Games. Um, and uh, some of them broke away, obviously, like some folks wanted to work on their own stuff or just didn't want to work on games in general. But we always kind of were there, Devin and I, in the beginning. And then eventually, a couple of years later, when we started doing more and more meetings, COG started to move towards the tech deck as being a place to do meetings. And then that's where I met our current, uh, my current partner at Multivarious Games, uh, Chris Volpe. Uh, so eventually we met with a couple of his friends and folks and got some actual, you know, seasoned uh, developers coming in from like OSU and whatnot, uh, students there and just folks interested. So we formed probably about a, I mean, at that time was about, you know, a five to seven person team um, and uh, just kind of worked on some projects. We actually were trying to build a structure. So Chris came in and in terms of like a business uh, standpoint, he actually was dropping off of another job and his background was in business uh, uh, management. So he had a lot of knowledge uh, on how to kind of build a business, write NDAs, talk about, you know, what it means to kind of work through some things. Um, eventually, a couple of years after that, uh, you know, there was a lot of like work to do, but it wasn't really well structured in some instance. Um, so some people fell off, Devin being one of them, he had to, uh, basically he had a family, he had a newborn. <laughs> so he's like, well, I don't think I can do this much longer. So you guys can kind of take over. So we split our ways, but so it was basically Chris and I, and the majority of the ownership of the company uh, and if, till, till today for the most part. Um, but yeah, from there, you know, really it was, that stuff was starting to take off quite a bit because um, I did start to look around nationally. Like I did go to, uh, what was it? The AMC SIGGRAPH in California. I've been there a couple of times and uh, if you haven't been there, you definitely should. I feel it's a it's a convention for you know up and coming technology. They have like papers and people from like Pixar, digital domain, and like Lucas. Well, back then it was like Lucas Arts was there for a bit. They had you know uh, Ubisoft and whatnot. So a lot of it's not necessarily for games, but they do have some of them there. Uh, and what my goal was was to meet with EA because they were there just kind of going over resumes. Uh, so I wasn't able to meet with them at the time I did meet with Ubisoft and THQ before they went out of business and kind of showcase my, my portfolio. But what I come to find is, you know, I just, I didn't have exactly what I was looking for to shop around the type of like career to kind of make that jump into say, Hey, you, if you want, I can just move to California and get a job. So that's kind of where I came to find and realize like, Hey, I can make connections. Uh, but I think I want to kind of see how this Columbus incubation turns out. And that's kind of why my focus kind of evolved and, and grew into multivarious games because my one thing was to, uh, you know, just say if, you know, if we can make games, we can make a business. Um, 
and uh, and we have for the most part. I think, you know, there's still a lot of opportunities to grow, but multivarious has definitely become kind of a grassroots uh, business within the game development community. Um, we've started up, I forget what year it was, with a collaboration of a couple folks from COG, we started up a game convention. At that time, it was when it started, it was called uh what was it the ogde the ohio game developer expo um now it's called just gdex for uh game expo i guess <laughs> uh so that's kind of a multi like you know a couple thousand people would go to that obviously last year we couldn't have it in person you, we actually grew so big we were in the convention center a couple of years um so for the most part uh we're pretty good uh you know, like gathering people together and getting opportunities together. And throughout that, we've been able to kind of find people through COG or through GDEX uh, that actually are in the game industry. Um, they just work remotely. So I can definitely kind of move into that conversation later. But um, yeah, it's been kind of a journey. Uh, and all the while just working a day job at Accelerate Media and then doing game stuff, either it's with COG or GDEX or um, with multivarious games and some projects that we worked on um, by night or the weekend. So um, that's kind of most of it anyways. <laughs> Thinking about your experiences that you've been talking about, how has, has networking gotten easier over time or is it just as nerve wracking as it was that, that first time you started doing it? It can get nerve wracking. I think it's definitely gotten easier over time. Um, I even specifically took a a speech class at CCAD <laughs> because I was nervous about talking in front of people. Um, you know, you, you kind of grow into it. I mean, I definitely would say that, you know, there are still moments where you're just like, oh, wow, I'm really going to present something new. But once you've done it a couple of times, it's not too hard. Um, you know, and, and just I think the best thing is just be yourself uh, that's what people want to know. And, you know, I run a group of, you know, like game developers and uh, indie developers and people who want to get into games uh, to do presentations at least once a month. Uh, so now I've gone from doing presentations to running presentations and just encouraging people to do that because what it does is it it, it not only gets your projects out there so people can see, but it also prepares you to make the projects at a point to where they are presentable, at least in some instance. Um, and it doesn't have to be complete, but it's just to the point to where, okay, I'm going to be working on this project really hard so that it gets to a state that it's presentable, you know, is, is I think phenomenal because maybe if it wasn't for the presentation, you wouldn't have been able to get it to that point. So that's why, you know, I think, you know, I would encourage you to talk to people um, and continue to work on your portfolio and continue to learn because it kind of puts you in that, that uh, kind of slot that gives you more exposure than just somebody who says, well, you know, I'm just going to listen in on the conversations going on and get what, get the answers I need through osmosis. Um, sometimes I would even just ask questions that weren't really that important necessarily, but I just liked how 
sometimes organically they would lead to answers that I didn't even know about. Um, I want to go all the way back to when you met um, the folks you're working with at COG and your invite and that invitation, anyone that wants to, you know, start a studio, come see me afterwards. What was the feeling like in that moment? Were you nervous? Was that exciting? Was it scary? Like what, what's it like to actually take that step and be like, you know what I do? I do want to create a studio, which is kind of a big thing. It's a big step that makes it go from kind of an interest area or a hobby into, I'm actually going to do this. What do you remember what the feelings were like? I mean, to, to be honest, like I, I didn't even know what would come of it. Uh, you know, I didn't know what it was like to start a business. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like you, you, you take a look at it now and you start to realize like, oh, okay, so there's X, Y, and Z really involved. And if I did, you know, the funny thing is I probably would have, you know, taken a, a, either another stab at it or another thought about it. But I'm glad I didn't uh, because I learned so much from it. But you know, at the time, you know, it was just like, hey, we start a business. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you know, well, uh, but the the main thing that always stuck with me is that no matter what the case, whether this company works or doesn't, my, my goal is still to do game development no matter what, whether that's because we have a company or because I, I'm doing games on the side or I'm working on my portfolio to, you know, hopefully, you know, get up get some job at another game studio um, locally or nationally or internationally or whatever. My goal is always to work in games um, because my passion drove that, right? I think that's kind of what I found at CCAD is like, you know, I really, I feel like I really am at my best and I push myself the hardest uh, when I'm developing games and interactive experiences that kind of transform, you know, your your thought about how the world exists like that's kind of what is most passionate about me with games because when i grew up it was uh you know we traveled a lot my family and i so a lot of what we did i have like three other brothers we used to play games together whether it was like sonic the hedgehog or you know there's some sega games too that we played and a lot of them were just like immersing yourself uh in those worlds especially because you know we moved a lot so we had a lot of folks that we met since you know friends and family that we met but we would move and have to have new ones so games were kind of like that central core of everything i remember growing up um so that's kind of why i was just like if i can create this experience for other people um and you know help them like kind of almost cope not really cope but just have that experience that inspires them to push themselves a little bit more just you know get excited about you know what is out there in the world um then i would love to be a part of that uh so so yeah so i was as starting a company was just me saying well this is what i want to do like i don't see myself doing anything else and if i can't automatically get a job at say like you know ubisoft or something like that then i'm just going to do it here until i can right or if the company takes off, then I'll do it there. So I, I wasn't really thinking about like, okay, like all the different roles involved, like, you know, hiring on people as employees, um, thinking about, you know, what it takes in terms of workload to get in there, you know, all the money involved, uh, you know, on and off, 
like I wasn't thinking about that because I said, you know, if if it all works out, if I'm really passionate, all those things should fall into place. Um, and for the most part, it did. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of things that you learn and you kind of like you just you, you I would always say you don't you don't really fail. Like there was a saying uh, there's a, a talk I saw with Pixar uh, where they said that they did uh, an evaluation of like astronaut resumes. Right. So NASA would do a bunch of resumes and they would get thousands and thousands of them. And the reoccurring thing that they would always look for is people that not failed, but recovered from like an experience that didn't go exactly how they planned. And the quote is, don't, it's, how does it go? Like, don't try to avoid failure, try to recover from it. So it's something along those lines um, that kind of stuck with me is like, don't worry about failing work your way to recover. So um, I kind of stuck that through with, you know, starting a job too, or in anything else in my life, right? I think, you know, it's not about, uh, you know, seeing how well you're doing, comparing yourself to others. It's about taking what you have and making it better. And that was another thing from Pixar was like, you know, their their goal was always not saying, okay, our work isn't good enough. It's our work is here right now. How do we plus it? How do we make it better? Um, so starting a business, I knew there was going to be a lot of challenges and hiccups and there still are some today for sure. I mean, you talk about, um, you know, the pandemic, like changing the lives of how we experience every day. It definitely hit all businesses. Ours not excluded. Um, it, it very much did. And I think we're doing pretty well considering, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with the team that we have. Um, I think that we have a really strong team. So it's it's good to see those things evolve. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of like kind of some, some resilience and kind of moving through. So um, I would say if you want to start a company, do it, um, you know, and just talk to people about what that's like. I would say if I had to take another stab, I would do a lot more research. Um, and uh, think about like, you know, you, who is your target audience? Because you're basically selling a service, right? Who's your target audience? How do you plan on getting there from, you know, the first year all the way up to, I mean, literally just think 10 years down the line. Um, and then think about the people that eventually you want to hire on uh, and kind of move through that. So, but for the most part, I think that if you if you're passionate enough to do it, then do it um, because I th I know that you'll learn a lot from that experience. Um, but very much so, you can also you know work on your own portfolio too and kind of look and see what's out there for sure. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you'll echo this sentiment, but we're about the same age because I, I graduated 2009 from college, and when you get in your 30s, you realize how low the stakes were in your 20s and just how like starting out something, trying something new, you know, if you're on the ground level, you're not going to fall very far. It's not like you're starting on the 50th floor. You're starting on the ground level. And if you fail, it's not, you're going to dust off and, and move on. And you don't really realize how low the stakes are until 
you know, you're in your thirties and you're like, Oh, I should have taken more chances. I should have been more daring. I should have, you know, reached out to that person or just gone and started something or, you know, you, you, you kind of get your ambition later in life. You're, you're kind of new and scared in your twenties and you kind of wish it were the other way around. I, I don't know if you, if you ever feel that way, but it kind of feels like you have a little bit more clarity the older you get. So now I wonder when I'm in my forties and fifties, what is it I'm going to wish I were doing now? That's kind of what I've been trying to figure out. And that's, so now that's what I'm trying to tell students is like, I know what it was like in your twenties, just get out there and do it. And it won't be that bad if it, you know, it's a low risk, high reward scenario. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think, I mean, that's what you're fighting with in some instances. You don't know. So you're afraid of that. Um, I can't blame students for, uh, feeling that way. I felt that way. Uh, but you're, you're right. I mean, I think you, you kind of have to, to bite the bullet a little bit and just try. And even if you do quote unquote fail, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Everybody does. There's no one out there that, you know, is where they are today without some sort of failure. And especially those who have gone and made it, you know, a lot further, a lot where, where they want to be, uh, because they've had to try and try again. Um, so it, it is hard. Don't, get me wrong. Um, but just rest assured that there's a lot of people out there that understands that and are looking to help you. Um, you know, some of, some of it more easier than others, I will say that, but for the most part, especially as a student looking to, to start their, their lives, really, um, there's a lot of people out there looking to help you. And I think that, you know, knowing that, I think that it's not so much a scary place because even if you're not sure where to go, um, there's people that are happy to kind of, you know, guide you and, and kind of almost take you under their wing and, and kind of show you at least, uh, th- the next path that you could take, right. Maybe not, not the whole picture, but at the very least, like where you can kind of take your next steps. So, yeah. Right, what would be your advice for the Columbus area person that is now inspired and wants to jump in? What should their first step be? So for those of, of you that are looking to, to get into game development are just interested in like taking their next step in their career. Uh, you know, I would say just create, like make it, make it your own project, uh, whether that's within school or after school. So like for game development specifically, I would say make a game, make a game with yourself and other people. You know, it can even be your colleagues um, because that's, really what when someone's looking at your portfolio you could have the most amazing like 3d model or animation or whatnot but they want to know like what it looks like uh with you working with other people uh with you like in terms of what you can do in a you know game engine and it's you know not as hard as you think it is i mean i thought it was really hard especially nowadays with like a lot of those engines out there like unity and unreal um and a lot of different other game engines like you can really make these things there's tutorials online for free uh whether that's youtube or i know that ccd has access to a couple of tutorials that you know they can get through digital tutors or whatnot uh don't quote me on that but i know that there's a lot of resources out there that you can get that but um what i would say is create make the content that you can say like hey i made a game because that's what that's what uh folks out there with the ability to give you a job are looking for i mean you'll see it 
I did in college, and this still is the case. You're going to get uh, a position that says you need uh, one to three years of game development professional experience. And what I would say is, and it's kind of one of the reasons why I did start a game studio, is that I wanted real work experience. Um, so, like making your own game, putting it up, you know, on Steam or putting it up on itch.io or putting it up on Google Play Store, or Apple Store, or whatever, is game development experience. They will look at that and say, cool, like this is what you did. And it's just because they need to know that you understand the whole process and then they have talking points. So what does it mean when you started the project? What does it mean when you're in the middle of the project? How did you interact with people? How did you get the game to the store? How did you, what'd you do afterwards? All those questions are really good things to know about you uh, because that's literally what they do um, in the studio. So it's good to have these skill sets. Um, but once you start to realize like, hey, we need to get this project done by X date because there's a convention out there that could potentially be a great way to advertise our game to other people um, is stuff that just pops up when you put a game up and you make your own game and, and put it up on a store someplace. So that's what I would say is create games, uh, create at least one game uh, and, and, and use that in your portfolio, but then also share it with other people, uh, share it with people who aren't game developers, but very much as well, share them with local game developers. Uh, I'm I, like we mentioned before, I'm part of a local game community called uh, COG, uh, so you can look at us at thecog.com, uh, so that's C-O-G-G, uh, and uh, you can uh, find a lot of people there that are very interested in helping other people as well, uh, but there's a lot of communities. There's uh, there's the Cleveland Game Developer Group, um, there's the Cincinnati Game Developer Group, which is actually what's called a IGDA chapter, it's an international uh, game Developer Association, which is kind of like a uh, a is it international? I forget. It's I forget the acronym, but it basically is a organization to help other game developers around the world. Uh, I think specifically the U.S. It's it's where its primary spot is. But uh, for the most part, uh, they are a great group to talk to as well. There's there's a couple little hot spots here and there, as well as um, you know just people that I've met over the years. Uh, so some of the folks that I found through COG is like, I've got a senior programmer that used to work at Riot Games. Uh, he also worked on the Medal of Honor series. Uh, I got a guy that worked at In Exile who worked on like Fallout New Vegas um, and some of the Wasteland series. Um, you know, I've got a guy that worked with Zanga who goes to our group. Um, I've got uh, some, actually, it was kind of a funny story. I got a guy that popped out of the woodworks. He was probably like in his 70s. And uh, he just said, hey, you know, this is a cool group. And I was like, you know, because normally we don't get, you know, people in that age group. Not, not saying that we aren't welcoming of them, but for the most part, it was just kind of surprised to me. So I came up to him and said, hey, what brings you here? Like, it's really cool that you're here. Like, what, what you know, how did you find out about us? He's like, oh, I've. I heard through my grandson about this and I thought I'd stop by. I'm like, cool. He's like, yeah, I actually used to work in games way back in the day. And I guess he was like a programmer for the original, like the boy and his blog for the NES. 
And I was like, you live in Ohio? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I do landscaping now, but I did that a long time ago. I'm like, that's so crazy. So you just never know who you're going to meet. Um, and uh, I made a lot of good connections that way. Um, you know, either because, you know, I went to COG or just as well. I know things are really hard right now with, you know, conventions not being in person, but there's a lot of conventions online now and a lot of them are free. Definitely go to those. So there's GDC, uh, GDEX is in the fall. That's probably, you know, I can't say for now, but it might be just online this year again. Uh, cause it was last year, but we'll see about that. I mean, I, like I mentioned, SIGGRAPH is a good one too. So the two things are make games and network with other game developers and other people. And um, I'm glad you mentioned the the membership of these groups because I think when people think, oh, the Cincinnati group or the Columbus group or whatever, that it's going to be small. It's going to be all people like me that are green, that haven't done this before. So what use is it going to be? But you described a lot of people that are from industry or even um, you know from from way back in the industry. So it's uh, it's all it's all walks of life. It sounds like. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's been great to to see them uh, grow, whether that's people who are in like the game development industry professionally for years, there are now a lot of them are starting their own companies. Uh, they separate it from their parent company and, and starting their own games, which is kind of a, a trend I've been seeing a lot of recently the last, you know, five years or so is these folks have been working at Activision, Ubisoft and Microsoft or whatever are now like moving away from that and starting their own companies. Um, so that's kind of neat to see, but just as well in Columbus, there's a lot of folks that we've seen grow at like conventions like GDEX that have gone from just a cool, like, like let's say a, a 48 hour game jam, uh, which is another thing I would suggest doing. <laughs> we could talk about that one, but basically a prototype and building it into a game that they put on the store and now working uh, full time for themselves. Uh, either because they were able to uh, push it to market and able to get some funding to work for a while or and or able to uh, do a crowdfunding service like Indiegogo or, or um, Kickstarter uh, and get some funding for a couple of months and push the game to fruition. So there's a, there's a couple of ways to do it. Um, and I think it's just a matter of like kind of how far you want to kind of move into it. Um, and I'll kind of leave you with with this thought too, because this is kind of, I would say my mantra in my career path is work on finding the career or the job that helps to push your career forward. So if you say, for example, um, are looking for a job, but it's not game development, don't sweat it uh, too much, right? Because, um, if it can help propel your game development career because it gives you the ability to focus on game development after after work, then do it. If that job prevents you from getting into the career that you want to get into, then don't do it. Uh, and and you know and and I say that because some people I've seen have gotten into positions where they have a job that kind of like sucks their passion a little bit and. Um, it's unfortunate because I feel like they really, they do want to get into game development or whatnot, but they're not really passionate about it because the, the their their job kind of moves that away from them. Um, 
So then I would say like, cool, find a job that helps that. And that might be like going to a print service. Uh, and maybe they let you get into some of the things you learned in school, like Illustrator and Photoshop. And uh, it helps you get, you know, a stable living. And then after hours, you can work on your portfolio or on the weekends, you can go to conventions or you can uh, network with people in different communities. Like we were just saying, COG, Cleveland and, and Cincinnati. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think I would always keep that in mind is don't sweat it if you don't have the job you want now. Try to find the job that can help propel you into the career that you want, because uh, I think that's much more important. Um, kind of like as they say, never give up, never surrender. <laughs> right. So That's our episode. If you're interested in COG, go to thecog.com. That is COG with two Gs, thecogg.com to learn about upcoming events, find resources and connect with people in the community. Another special thanks to Wesley for taking time to speak with us today. Some really great insight and advice. So I hope you took that to heart. Thank you, Wesley. We'll see you next time on First You Hustle. Take care. <laughs>